In the book Choosing to Cheat, Andy Stanley says that you should never give up what's unique to you for something someone else will do. Someone else will eventually be the youth pastor at your church. Someone else will eventually be the lead pastor at your church. Every pastor is an interim pastor, to borrow a phrase from William Vanderblumen. What that means is that it's something someone else will eventually do. But what's unique to you? Your fatherhood, your motherhood, your wife, your husband, they are unique to you in that you will never replace those relationships. You cannot get back the time that you lose from that if you give it all away to something else. This is why when we are in ministry, we have to guard our time well with our family because we never get that time back. And that is the thing that is unique to us. Someone else is eventually going to lead your church. Someone else is going to eventually run amazing programs there. Someone else is going to eventually be the superstar and you will be long forgotten. But what won't be forgotten is how you raised your kids. They won't forget that. What won't be forgotten is how you treated your wife. She won't forget that. So in this episode, we are going to talk about a vital part of this question of how do we spend our time? And that is, how do you spend your day off? And how do you spend your vacations? This is a very, very important thing to get, especially if you are in an environment where one, you're full-time, okay? Because I understand that if you're not full-time in ministry, if you're bivocational, this gets a little bit tricky because you could take a day off from your church work but still be working in your job. Arguably, you want to have a day off from both and that day needs to be the same day. So it really applies to everybody. But especially if you're full-time and especially if you're in a church culture that is aggressive, your church is trying to grow, you're trying to expand, there is a gravitational pull to the work. I've worked in a lot of churches like this, and I've been in environments where work and really nonstop work was really championed. And to take a break, to take a day off, to take a vacation was looked at as kind of like, okay, I guess we have to let you do that, but it'd be great. It'd be better if we didn't because, you know, it'd be better if you just worked all the time. This is a very, very important issue to get right. If you want longevity in ministry, if you want to avoid burnout, and if you want your spouse and kids to actually know who you are at the end of the day, once your church has long forgotten about you, you got to get this right. So in this episode, episode 78, we're going to talk about why it's vital to take a day off and have a real vacation. We're revisiting an article that I wrote back in December of 20. 14 during the early days of Preaching Donkey, and the graphics were awful. <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube, you see what I'm talking about, why it's vital to take a day off and have a real vacation. We're going to dive into this. Before we do, be sure to go to preachingdonkey.com slash 21 days. Pick up your free guide there, the 21-day guide to creating killer sermons. It's a three-week, three-step process that will walk you through how to create and deliver a compelling message so that when it's not your day off, when you are not on vacation, you're able to deliver a, a killer, compelling, life-changing message. Whether you've been preaching for a while and you're just looking for a fresh resource, or if you're brand new to preaching, 
there's something in there for you. Preachingdonkey.com slash 21 days, totally free, my gift to you. Here's what I wrote back in December of 2014. The world is not going to end if you take a day off. This planet will keep turning if you go on vacation. One of the best things you can do to stay fresh as a pastor, as a preacher, is to take a break. So many pastors get burned out and fatigued because they lack balance. They're giving 100% of themselves 100% of the time. This is not sustainable and will lead to an inevitable crash landing. But there are two simple things that you can do to keep yourself from burnout. Number one, take a real day off and have a real vacation. Now, we're going to get into what do I mean by a real day off because some people will say they're taking a day off, but it's not a day off. It's a day where maybe they're not going into the office, but it's not a day off. And then some people will take a vacation, but it's not a vacation. They're just transporting their work from the office to the beach. It's not a vacation. They're still working. They're still just as stressed, just as burned out. And the vacation is not really doing what it's supposed to do. It's not real. So I'm going to get into what it means to have a real vacation and a real day off in a second. But before we do, I want to talk about why it's vital. And really, there are four reasons why this is so important. Number one, God rested. God modeled this. God set a pattern of working six days and resting one. If your schedule is packed tighter than God's and you think you have more to get done than him, then you need to loosen things up a bit, right? God commanded his people to remember the Sabbath, to remember to rest, to recognize that God provides. And even if you take a break from your work, he'll keep providing. Now, here's where this principle is so vital for us who are in ministry to model this. Because the concept of Sabbath, first of all, when, when Jesus talks about the Sabbath, one of the things he says is that the Sabbath is for the man, the man is not for the Sabbath. What that means is that this command is for you. It's not against you. It's not a burden. It's not a thing that you must do because you better uh, obey. It is for you. It's like, hey, take a day off. This is for you. This is for your benefit. The other reason why this is so important is because it is a demonstration of dependence on God. The willingness to take a day off, the willingness to walk away from your work for a day every week is a way of saying to God, you are my provider, not this church, not this job, not these people, you are, and I'm going to trust that you're going to keep providing for me. And I'm going to trust that this is your church and that you are going to keep growing your church because you said you would build your church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. Well, if the gates of hell won't prevail against the church, then a day off won't prevail against it either, all right? So this is to demonstrate to yourself that God will provide for you. It is to reinforce and demonstrate to your church that God will provide for your church. It is to re-emphasize a dependency on God all across the board. And it's modeled by God. And the Sabbath is for us. Okay? So that's reason number one. Number two, it's a good example to your people. Everyone works like crazy all the time. It's just the way it is. Okay? When I wrote this, <laughs> I worked in a church in the D.C. area, Northern Virginia, D.C. I worked there for 10 years, many different positions. And the culture there at the time, and I'm sure it's still the same way, is a hustle culture. People work... 12, 13, 14 hours a day, 
six, seven days a week. The commutes are long. Everybody's stressed. Everybody's tired. Everybody puts in a ton of hours. They get there early. They stay late. They work weekends. And it doesn't matter what level their job is. It doesn't matter if they work on the Hill. It doesn't matter if they're a defense contractor, if they're a government contractor. It doesn't matter if they're in the private sector. It's just a culture of work. It's like when in doubt, work. And so when you're in that environment, at least there's, at least I felt this because one of the things in my life that I've never wanted to be considered was lazy. That's like the worst thing you could, you could think of being perceived as. Put my put put somebody like me in an environment like that. All of a sudden, now I feel this intense pressure to prove myself to all these high capacity, high achieving people that I'm just as good as them. Right? I can work just as hard as they can, and and especially you add to that the fact that I work at the church they go to, that I know they're giving to, and that those gifts, those tithes and offerings are part of what go to pay my salary. It's an even bigger level of feeling like I've got to prove myself to these people that I can work just as hard as they can. And to some extent, that's like the opposite of that would, would be bad as well, right? Like I'm just going to kick back and be lazy. That's not good either. We want to balance. As a pastor, you might be tempted to go along with that lifestyle because you don't want to be perceived as lazy. That's the that's what I, that, that's where I was. That's the last thing I wanted I wanted people to know I work hard. I want them to be aware of the hours I put in, the pressure I'm under, the late nights, the early mornings, the endless meetings, emails, phone calls, meetings, and tough conversations and meetings. I want people to know about all this stuff. I'm afraid if I take a day off and people see it that they might not think I'm committed. Maybe you've been there. This is a trap. It's the fear of man. Paul asked himself this question in Galatians 1.10. I love this question. He said, am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God? Or am I still trying to please men or people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. He says, I've got two choices. I can serve God or I can serve people. And if I'm serving God, that means I can't be primarily and chiefly concerned about the opinions of others. Taking a real day off will help you overcome the need to please everyone and actually help you be an example to your people because there is something to be said about being somewhat countercultural. If everybody is so glued to and tied to their work, which again, going back to what we said at the top of the episode, someone else will eventually do their job, right? Someone else will eventually sit in that office or sit in that cubicle, make those widgets, plan those contracts, whatever. Someone else is eventually gonna do that, but no one else is going to raise their kids. At least that's not the way it's supposed to work, right? No one else is gonna be the dad to their kids when their kids are seven years old. They're only seven once, and then they're eight, and they're not eight again, and then they're nine, and they're not nine again. And if you miss those days because you're tied to something, trying to prove something to someone who eventually is going to forget you even exist, what a shame that would be. So God rested, number one. Number two, it's a good example to your people. Number three, your family needs you. Taking a day off and doing vacations is a great way to demonstrate to your family that they matter to you. To demonstrate to them that they deserve more than your leftovers, that they are first in your life after God. Andy Stanley often says, don't give up what's unique to you for something someone else will do. 
Someone else will eventually take your place as the youth pastor or teaching pastor or lead pastor at your church. We talked about this. But you are the only husband your wife has. You are the only mom or dad your kids will have. Don't neglect them for the church. Don't cheat on your wife with the church. The church is the bride of Christ. Don't make her your mistress. So here's where this gets really hard for some pastors who are are very tied to their calling and their mission. Because they will say, my calling is the church. My mission is the church, to grow the church, to shepherd the church, to care for the church, to teach the church, to lead the church. And it could become something that becomes more important to them than uh, leading their family, loving their wife, raising their kids. And it can seem incredibly noble, but it is a misalignment of priorities. Your family needs you. You are the only one who can do in their life what you can do. Don't give up that for something that someone else will eventually do. At the end of the day, 30 years from now, 40 years from now, you're still going to be your kid's dad and your kid's grandparents, and you want those kids to like you. <laughs> you know, you want those, you want your children when they're adults to actually want to be around you, not to wonder who you even are. So make sure that this is something we have to get this right. Number four, to avoid burnout and stay energized, right? This is the fourth reason why we want to do this. You are only human. You need to refresh and refuel. If you are giving all of yourself all of the time, you will eventually have nothing left to give. So here we go. How to have a real day off and a real vacation. This is what this looks like in my humble and correct opinion. <laughs> I want to share some things I do to protect my days off and my vacations. If your days off are, and vacations are truly going to be Sabbath rest for you, then you need to guard them and make the most of them. Here's how to ensure you get the most out of your days off and vacations. Number one, your day off must truly be a day off. For me, this means on Fridays, I don't check work email, I don't work on church-related products or tasks at home, and I don't have ministry-related meetings. If someone asks me when I'm available to meet, I just mention any day besides Friday. This is what I used to, I used to love doing this. I would meet at 4 a.m. on Thursday morning for breakfast, 10.30 p.m. on Tuesday night, but I won't meet on Fridays with, with very few exceptions. Like, it's got to be an emergency. Saturday morning, I can respond to email, work on projects, have meetings, but I take Fridays off and it gives me energy to get back to work on Saturday if needed, if not on Sunday. This is a huge, huge thing. And this is something that you've got to really work with your church leadership and communicate that this is something that you prioritize. I don't care if it's Friday, don't care if it's Monday, just pick a day. It needs There needs to be a day during the week that you truly break away from the work and break away from the sermon prep. This is one of the things we talk about with sermon workflows, that there needs to be a day when you're not thinking about your message, not thinking about the church, not working on it. Because when you come back from a time away, you're more fresh and more refreshed than if you had just stayed in it and grinded the whole time. Number two, when you go on vacation, completely disconnect. For me, this means I totally delete my work email and calendar off my phone when the vacation starts. I don't take my work laptop. I make sure my email responders are on and uh, for voicemail and email. I make sure all bases are covered before I leave 
So I would tell my team, hey, listen, these are the things that I typically am responsible for. And here's, you know, I'm, I divvy them out and make sure that everybody knows exactly what they're supposed to do. When I come back from vacation, I want to be energized and ready to go again. If the vacation only meant moving my work from my office to the beach, I would come back just as drained as when I left. I used to think it was honorable to never stop working, to work on vacation, to work on my day off. I thought these things would prove to others that I was committed and a hard worker. That's a terrible way to live. Working on your day off and all through vacation doesn't prove that you're a hard worker. It just means that you need more work-life balance, that you don't have a balance between working and rest. That's a misalignment of priorities. That's not something to be proud of. I want to do ministry for a few more decades. I'm sure you do as well. A day off each week and an uninterrupted vacations are part of what will help us do that. I want to tell you a story really quick. So there was a guy who, when I was at this church in, in Washington, D.C., we hired somebody to be our executive pastor for a while, kind of work on staff development, work on church direction and leadership. And he and I connected very well. I was very close with him. Still am, actually. He's a good friend. And I remember that he was one who came from the uh, the like corporate world, the government world, the the business world, and was a incredibly high capacity, hardworking person who I was bound and determined to impress. I did not want this guy to think that I was incompetent. Did not want this guy to think that I was lazy. And so I remember feeling a sense of uh, shame around this idea that, oh man, if, if he knew that on vacation, I don't think about work, he would be disappointed, right? He, he wouldn't like that. And so I was tempted to kind of press these values down in order to please him. Okay. This is going back to Galatians 1.10, this idea of, am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God? In this case, I was trying to win this guy's approval. But I remember one time we're in a pretty stressful season of ministry a lot going on at the church in terms of our finances, personnel. It's just a, it's kind of a stressful time. He goes away on vacation uh, for a week with his wife. While he's on vacation, uh, we got more emails from him than really ever. <laughs> emails all throughout the day and at night. He sat in on meetings. He was on the phone with us a ton. And I remember he came back and one of the things he said was he said, you know, I just got back from quote vacation. Uh, and I'm essentially what he was communicating was, was yeah, that wasn't really a vacation. That was, that was just taking all this stress and work and anxiety to a beautiful, a more beautiful place where I'm not able to actually enjoy that with my wife. I'm stuck. My mind is all still here and in these problems. And there was a time, I think it was a few weeks later, where I was actually able to work up the courage <laughs> to share my perspective on this and say, you know, a few weeks ago when you said you came back and you really didn't feel like you had had a break, the reason why you didn't have a break is because all you did was just move the setting. You just took your work from here to there. And the problem with that is, is that that vacation served no purpose. In fact, it might even been more stressful because you had all the same stressors, but you added traveling onto it as well and being disconnected from the office. So now you're more stressed and you're, you're more prone to be upset. 
And the vacation served no purpose whatsoever. It was not restful. Would not had have it would not had it been better to spend three or four days completely disconnected and let these problems be there. Because guess what? That guy doesn't work at that church anymore, and neither do I, and it's got a whole new set of problems, and whatever we were dealing with in that moment doesn't even really freaking matter now. And yet that vacation was missed. And to be fair, one of the things that he said in that, which I, I thought in, in that moment, because this is someone that I really looked up to, someone who was older than me, someone who worked way harder than me, he looked at me and said, you know, you're right. You're absolutely right. This is so true. And it's something that in subsequent vacations, he corrected and he did things differently and was happier and healthier as a result. And it didn't mean that he was all of a sudden now a lazy person who wasn't productive. It meant that his priorities were now more aligned with his mission in life, which isn't just to turn out work for a church. It's to love his wife well, to lead his his own life well, to commune and rest with God. And you can't do that if you're just nose to the grind all day long and all week long and, and on vacation. This is something that I'm extraordinarily passionate about because I feel like pastors can err on one side or the other. Pastors can be lazy. For sure, pastors can be lazy. It's an easy place to hide if you're lazy working in, in churches. But I think most pastors have a tendency, especially the ones that are trying to grow their churches, have a tendency to just grind it out because there's another person to meet with, another thing to do, another thing to be stressed about, another sermon to write, another thing to plan. And it can become all-consuming. And it it's not a healthy place to be. So if you want to do this for a few more decades, a day off every week and uninterrupted vacations are a must. Now, if your church is not willing to work with you on this or doesn't see value in it, Work to change the culture of your church. Just like one conversation with this really powerful, competent person was able to shift his thinking, this might be something that you can take to your leadership, take to your elders and say, this is something in our culture that needs to change. If you realize they aren't going to budge, they're not going to change, then sharpen up your resume and get the heck out of there. Go to a place that has a healthy view of work-life balance. Your family, your health, your ministry, longevity, and ability to be used by God are not worth risking over a church that really needs to change. Let them burn someone else out. Don't let them burn you out. That's my thoughts. Might be controversial. And if, if it is, let me know. I love it. I, I, would love to let, I would love to hear a different perspective if you have one or if you agree or if you've been burned out in the past and this is something that you care about and want to talk about, let me know in the comments if you're watching here on YouTube. Be sure to go to preachingdonkey.com slash 21 days, pick up the free guide, and I'll see you in the next episode. Until then, remember, if God can speak through a donkey, he can speak through you, and he can speak through me. We'll see you the next time. We'll see you uh, soon in the next episode.